Good morning, everyone. Happy Tuesday, November 21st, I think it is. And welcome to episode number 45 of the Still City Insider Podcast. Mr. Jim Wexel, how are you this fine Thanksgiving week? I'm great. It's the 22nd. We have a free day at Steel, Steel City Insider. All content is free. And our biggest sale of the year, 75% off for wow. an annual pass for new new members. 75% off. And you get a full year at that cheap price to check out to see if you like it. And, and uh, I think you will. Today we have Craig Wolfley. Uh, he's writing his, uh, he wrote his, he's frustrated. And uh, uh, then we have the podcast, which is always free. And uh, then we have tomorrow we'll have uh, um, uh, 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 our, our coach is breaking down film. Yeah. Uh, so that'll all be coming. It's free week and uh, a free day, 75% off for the next year uh, by by Monday. I'm not supposed to be advertising that right now. So forget all that I said. <laughs> No, but it, you can get it at 75% off, but tomorrow the advertising blitz is supposed to begin. Oh, thank you for letting me get that out of the way, Jeremy. Uh, hey, that was a that was a lot of uh, good information there. Uh, definitely quality work there at the Still City Insider. More importantly, Jim, it's episode 45. This is going to be a bad malafala of an episode. <laughs> no, we have a better number 45 to lean on. I just food was pretty cool, but you know, reserve running back. What um, else you got? What else do we got from forty five? I that I just did a quick Google search this morning, and uh, I just I just went with it. I remember that two point conversion that he scored in that uh, battle of a playoff game versus Cleveland um, back in the day. So I was like, you know, I'm going to go with Chris Fuamatu Malafala with episode forty five. If you look at that video. You'll see me hugging another reporter in the background because we had the Steelers teased, and we need they they in, instead of kicking the extra point they went for two. Mm-hmm. And I think the spread was one and a half on the tease, and so we hit it with the two point conversion. Am I supposed to be talking about that now? <laughs> I know I know gambling's all free uh, and legal, and I don't even do it hardly anymore. Roosevelt Nix was number forty five. Okay. I don't think we want to call this the. The Leonard Pope episode. Nah, that's the Todd Haley era, right? That's Chuck, that big tight end. Chuck Sanders. Yeah, Todd Haley brings in a guy, a second tight end who couldn't block at all, and he was supposed to be a blocker, and he just, yeah, he didn't. Wasn't one of Todd's best moves. I'm looking. Number 45 is really, really Russell Davis, Jimmy Allen. Do you know uh, who Jimmy Allen is? No. Jimmy Allen was the fourth round pick in the great 1974 draft. Okay. Uh, He's forgotten pretty much because there were four Hall of Famers drafted. Yeah, four. Yeah, four Hall of Famers drafted, a fifth signed after the draft. One of their top receiving tight ends through the Super Bowl, Grossman, was signed after the draft. And Jimmy Allen. And they, they had an argument about whether to take Jimmy Allen or Mike Webster it picked in the fourth round. And they had to convince Chuck Knoll that a 230-pound center could be drafted in the fifth round. Take the – Jimmy Allen was like 6'1", 6'2", sprinter. Uh, and uh, Radakovich had coached against him, at, had tried to recruit him. That's right. Jimmy Allen came out of junior college 
and they tried to recruit him to Colorado where Radakovich was. So when Radakovich joined the Steelers for the 74 draft, and he he was he was high on Jimmy Allen, and they took Jimmy Allen, and he helped. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he he was okay. He was pretty good. Um, but anyway, that's all in my book. Yeah. Did we talk about my book enough? We well, we yeah. can hit on that. Why don't we save that for the end? Since we hit the first part with the uh, the subscription, we'll hit it at the end with the book. But Jimmy Allen, Chris Fuamatu Malafalo, hearkening back to times when the Steelers were winning, not so much in 2022. As the Steelers dropped their seventh contest of the season, 37-30 to the Cincinnati Bengals. Everything looked promising in the first half. The Steelers had a lead. The second half, the bottom fell out, uh, and now. We're back to to square one. We're going to talk about the loss today. We'll talk about Kenny Pickett's development, uh, the defensive letdown that occurred, uh, performance of the offensive line. And Jim, we'll jump in here. I know we're supposed to be grateful, have gratitude and appreciation this week. Um, where do we start with this loss to the Bengals this past weekend at Akershore Stadium? It's funny. I covered the game and oh, you cover it, you watch it, you watch them fail, you know, futilely in the second half, four consecutive three and outs. The fourth one was ended by a field goal, so it wasn't actually an out, but four consecutive series without a first down and six of seven without a first down. And uh, then the game was over. And Mm -hmm. so you go into the locker room and people are distraught. You really don't have any any go-to guys. There's really not, it's not a go-to guy group. It's not they don't even know who they are themselves, let alone reporters having an identity to, to, to go to. So my uh, my thoughts, my my just my opinion column was pretty negative because that's what I was left with the second half and then the locker room. And there just wasn't much insight and to be gleaned. I don't want to say there isn't character in the locker room. I just haven't found it. And I'm just so used to the past teams just full of character, full of people to talk, uh, commiserate with, provide you insights, help you out with what actually happened. There's there's none of that except for Cam Hayward in there, and Cam points out at guys like TJ and Alex Highsmith. So my my column was rather negative, and I just watched the, re-watched the game last night, and I'm much more positive today. The mm-hmm. first half was so good. There were so many good things that Kenny Pickett did. The defense, Najee, Pickens. Friar move. You know, the offensive tackles are, are, are were disappointing in the second half completely. So that's a concern. But and, and they the inside linebackers' inability to cover Perrine uh coming out of the backfield when the, they knew the Bengals liked to throw to their backs out of the backfield. That was disappointing. But man, there were so many good things. So I, I'm just kind of trying to balance my negative column with what I saw again last night. You forget the first half when you watch that second half. So if anybody's frustrated out there and you can go back and watch that first half, watch it because there's a lot to be uplifted about with Kenny Pickett. Yeah. And I think that's a great place to start, Jim, is is talking about Kenny Pickett. I saw in this game some of the things that I wanted to see from him in terms of his development. That was taking the shots down the field, Um, you know, the the touchdown pass, the pickings, uh, the the. The post, I think it was a post pattern over the middle of the field that he overshot him. Uh, but then the one toward the end of the game, I know it was garbage time, but it hit. It hey, hit man. Stride, right? I thought it was garbage time and, and pretty uh, meaningless when I was at the game watching. 
you watch it back on 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 tape. There's a minute fifty two left. Yeah, bang, that's a touchdown. Right. Uh, now I know you still pro- probably have to recover the onside kick because there were no timeouts left. But that was a great pass. Yeah. And, you know, and Pickens isn't going to drop that very often. Right. And, and that wasn't Lima Swede. No, no. But the one thing that I keep chalking this season up to, and we've talked about it before, is these guys are young. I know people are going to say, oh, well, Kenny Pickett's almost 25. He's still young when it comes to the NFL. And if these two can grow and develop chemistry, those are going to be connections next season. And I'm not trying to be overly optimistic, but this is a a year of paying paying dues and, and, and suffering and struggling for some greater good, hopefully, that's next year or the year down the road absolutely and the chemistry with fryer moved too oh yeah yeah, yeah. stud stud yeah um, so uh it, a lot to be excited about it's just frustrating because that game was there to be be stolen to be one to, to sweep the Bengals. a very good team that has some issues on defense but it was there to be had couldn't be had but a lot a lot to be excited about for the future and you keep that high draft pick alive too. I know no, we don't want to talk about losing on purpose or being happy about a loss, but there's a silver lining. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sticking with the offensive side of the ball uh, and not to be critical, but I'm going to go back to this, but Deontay Johnson continues to to under underperform. Um, you know, and if you look at that receiving core, I know there was a lot of criticism of Pickett following the game, but He's throwing to a rookie in Pickens. He's throwing to what should be a veteran leader uh, in Johnson, but he's not making plays. And then you have Steven Sims and Gunnar Olszewski. And you do have Freymouth out there, but you know that wide receiving core isn't as strong as it has been in past seasons. But J- Johnson has to step up. Well, they really didn't give him much work. I mean, I, I, I think his first touch of the ball was a um, jet sweep late in the first half. So, and I think he was frustrated and I I get your point. I'd like to see him tougher. I'm tired of seeing him run back behind the first down marker that he has. I mean, I think last week he lowered his shoulder going backwards, Mm. lowered his shoulder on the tackler. It was not forward progress. So, and we saw some more of that. You'd like to see him. I know he's a little guy, but you'd like to still see him tougher like Antoine Randall kind yeah. of tough you know yeah. uh but I, i'm not totally down on them they just didn't go to him enough pick it pick pick it missed a lot of pe- open people too yeah yep and then the the running game for a second consecutive week uh i wouldn't say it was as it wasn't as good as it was against the saints but it was still productive harris had a couple yeah. nice carries uh unfortunate to see Jalen warren go out with an injury but yeah. nice nice job in the rushing game pass protection Still a little bit questionable. How about your take on the offensive line in the running game? Well, you know, Dan Moore had his hands full. You'd like to, you'd like to not have to spend one of those high picks next draft on a left tackle. Mm -hmm. So you you really hope for Dan Moore to come on, and he had his hands full with Hendrickson. Hendrickson's a good player, and it was the second half, and they knew they had to pass, but you'd like to see better. And I don't think Chooks had his best game. Mm Um, but you know, he's, he's still okay. Uh, you don't have to worry about right tackle. Um, and Najee looked good. Najee looked good. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he is getting healthy. Yeah. uh, Settling settling in there with, with the blockers getting comfortable with, 
you know, how they block together as a unit. Um, but good to see that. That's encouraging. Defensively, uh, started strong. I mean, there were, the thing that I can't figure out, and I was talking about this the other day, is you do have elite players on this defense, like Fitzpatrick, Cameron Hayward, TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith's coming on. Uh, maybe not so much at the cornerback position inside linebacker. What's this defense missing? Is it a matter of just being out there on the field so much? Um, are they missing that stud defensive lineman to go along with Hayward? Are they missing a stud inside backer? What? How do we understand this defense and where they're currently at this year? My guess is the coordinators and the linebackers coach were frustrated by the inside linebackers' inability to stop the running back out of the backfield on on Pasquet. Uh, Bush was blocked on the first TD on that screen. Um, uh, Spillane missed the tackle on the second TD. I believe Levi Wallace missed the tackle on the third. third. Uh, so I, I, I'm not sure, you know, that that's for the coaches to know what the problems are inside. I, I, Devin otherwise seems to be playing good ball. But I, I don't know how you could say anyone, any of them played well when Perrine scores three touchdowns. Yeah. Coming out of the backfield when it was on tape. Everybody knows that's one of the Bengals' top weapons with Mixon, but Mixon got hurt, so it was the other guy, and he scored three t- touchdowns. But, you know, I look back to 2003, the last time the Steelers were 3-7 and seven was 2003. We know what happened the next year. They were 15-1. and one. Yep. It wasn't just the addition of Ben. That 2003 team had corners that couldn't get the job done. As much as Levi Wallace gets the job done as a surprising athlete who was a walk-on in college, was undrafted in the NFL, and keeps making plays, he did get burned deep by um, Higgins. And Higgins does that to a lot of people. But that 2003 team had Dwayne Washington, Chad Scott, and uh, Brent Alexander and Mike Logan. Percolating on the scout team might have been the greatest scout secondary in Steelers history. Paul Lamalo, Chris Hope, DeShea Townsend, and Ike Taylor. And they moved in in 2004, but they, they were on the team in 2003 percolating. So right. I, I think it, it definitely needs an infusion of a cornerback, an elite corner. Yeah. And that might be one of their top two picks, a cornerback. I, I, I know the Steeler organization believes they have – they're, they're struggling at corner. They know the weakness. We all know they could use a defensive tackle to alleviate the, the, the load on Cam Hayward, and they probably could use an elite interior offensive lineman. We're trying to get away without having to draft a left tackle with the fourth pick. Yeah. You know, you, you would hope that's either an elite shutdown corner or an elite defensive lineman to replace Cam in a couple of years. So that's where I – you know, the, the, the corners – the corners uh, and and the, they didn't play that bad. Levi had a great diving pick on a wobbly, you know, that front line. They must have tipped four or five balls. Yeah. TJ picked that one off. Oh, that was beautiful. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he he continues to play well. You know, coming back from his injury, Highsmith had another solid game. Oh, and he's got character too. You're looking for, now. You're looking for guys. It's, it seems to be a locker room short on it. So you're looking for guys, and and we as reporters, at least me, I look for that stuff. I'm not looking for the finger pointers. Mm-hmm. You know, half half the uh, press corps was figured the way DJ was pouting on the field without getting passes, figured he'd be the finger pointer of the day. 
I don't think he was, but I don't I don't go for that. I want Cam Hayward to tell me how you're going to deal with this, Cam. How are you going to handle this locker room? How is he going to let it keep it from letting it slip away? And he pointed out there's Highsmith, and Highsmith stood up. He took uh, he took questions. He answered them his best. That I, I think I have a radar detector for character, mm-hmm. and they've got to get back to finding that in the draft. And and they're TJ obviously, right? And, and Al, but Alex Highsmith's another guy that's really coming on as a strong type of of leader complimentary leader but you you need them you need you need a you need more character in that locker right and if i'm not mistaken i think that highsmith has nine sacks on the year right now so he's only yeah. one one away yeah. from 10 i mean that's and yeah. your third year to double digit sacks without tj yeah so there's no there's no fluke going on over there yeah i mean he, he he gets his sacks with tj there but he got them without tj when he was the focus of the offensive lineman's pass blocking. Right. And the thing that I saw from him that it was really uh, stood out to me this weekend was his motor. He was relentless in his pursuit of the quarterback. Um, and I know that was something that was talked about this offseason with Terrell Austin. Just he Austin had said that Highsmith wants to finish the play. He talked about finishing the play. Um, and Austin brought that up in one of his press conferences. Definitely saw that on full display this weekend. And just – Really excited about what he, what kind of player he's going to continue to grow into next year. Um, you know, this could be the 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 standard for outside linebackers in the NFL next season. Um, three and seven, they're not going to get the attention, um, but that was definitely encouraging. So uh, they're not playing this Sunday. Uh, the next game Monday night versus the the Colts. Um, where do they go from here? Yeah, well, more of the same. Uh, you know, Cam assured me they're not going to lose the locker room, and that's Mike Tomlin's MO. He's not going to lose this team. And we're just going to have to find out <laughs> who has the character, who's going to keep playing like Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt and Cam play every every week. Who else is going to play like that every week? And that's what you find out. And if you find that so and so is not doing it, you replace him with a younger guy. And that's how you start rebuilding. You don't just put a younger guy out there right now for the sake of it. So, yeah. 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 And just, uh, just character building is what it is. Right. And in order for Tomlin to preserve his uh, record of non-losing seasons, they can only lose one more. Uh, that's not that looks in, in dire, dire straits at this point. I'm more concerned with the over seven and a half win total. Not that I'm, yeah, you know, I'm not going to worry too much about it, but, you know, I worry about those who, I know some people that bet on them over seven and a half wins. So Tomlin's, you know, that, that is not a thing with Tomlin. Mm-hmm. That's what, you know, people who hate him bring that up, that that's all he cares about. It's not, I mean, he, he cares about just like Chuck Knoll. They're not going to settle for losses just to get good draft picks. Right. right. And they're not going to rebuild, you know, rebuilding is for next spring. Right. And I think the best thing for us is they continue to compete every week and maybe just come up a little bit shy each game. And then <laughs> get that top five pick because then we have all kind of stuff to talk about the, the, in the offseason. You yeah? top five draft pick. Well, how are we going to do that? What happened to your back screen of Steel City inside? Uh, so I'm actually in the process of building a studio. So this is uh, like soundproof material here. Um, it looks like Jeremy's rubber room. It is. This is what it puts me when I act up. So. And it's freezing. I'm in my garage. <laughs> so, yeah, trying to upgrade uh, everything here. So I got, like, some studio-level 
lighting and stuff. So um, in a couple of weeks, it'll be up and fully functional. So taking taking the Still City Insider podcast to the next level, I'm trying to. So, uh, so are we going to do this next Tuesday morning after the Monday night game? Oh, man. Can you do that? Let's go. I'm in. I may have to write in the morning. Maybe next Wednesday. Maybe Steel City Insider number 46. Who will that be next week? Who's number 46? Oh, um, oh, geez, you put me on a spot here, Jim. 46. See, you know, in my in my history, 46 is a legendary number. Yeah. I grew up a Bears fan. Okay. I moved to the Pittsburgh area, Irwin, went to school at Norwin, and Norwin's greatest athlete was Doug Plank. Number 46 for the Bears, whom the for whom the defense was named. So, I mean, I, I'm at home at number 46. I don't know if we can call it the Doug Plank episode, the number <laughs> the 46 defense episode of the great 85 Bears. And I'm sorry, I have to. I've compared Pickett to Jim McMahon. So I'm, Jim McMahon was my favorite player of all time. I know that you did. 46. So, 46. Do you remember a free agent running back named Dante Brown back in the early 2000s? I do. Was he? We're not going to go with him. (laughs) Will Johnson, Arnold Harrison, the other Harrison. Okay. I think we're going to go with Arnold Harrison. All right, Arnold. I'll do a little research before the next episode. Oh, there's Frank Lambert, too, the other Lambert. Frank Lambert. Mm. What was he? He was in played in 65, 66. I should know. I don't know anything else. It wasn't Jack's uncle or anything like that. <laughs> unless, unless nobody knows. Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh. Do you know who that is? That's not Bill, the. That's not Bill Walsh. West Coast offense. Bill Walsh was the first Pro Bowl center for the Steelers. Mm. He's the one that started the great lineage. Wow. Yeah. That, what is that with the Steelers? The cent, like centers. That's their. That's their bread and butter. We can discuss that next week. Perfect. Sounds like a perfect, perfect segue to the conclusion of episode number 45 here on the Still City Insider. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you listeners out there. We love you. Please hit the subscribe button, the like button. Uh, Jim, happy Thanksgiving to you. You too, Uh, brother. uh, Check out Jim's work at the Still City Insider. Give him a follow on Twitter at Jim Wexel. Check out my work at thestillstudy.com. Give me a follow at Still Study on Twitter. And in between now and next week, Happy Thanksgiving and enjoy your family and friends. Take care, everyone.